Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. One of our values here at Valley Point is location. That is so much more than just a word to us. We state it this way, we love our location and seek to be a joyous presence where we live, work, and play. Valley Point is represented by many communities. I think that is a good thing. Each one of the communities represented here are led by individuals who serve the public. These amazing women and men fulfill many different responsibilities that help our communities function. Today, at Valley Point, we want to thank our public servants. They work hard and do many things to provide services and make sure our lives are safe. Often they go without encouragement or even a simple thank you. We need to change that and honor those who serve us. Scripture even talks about this. 1 Timothy chapter 2 says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. I think it would be incredibly challenging to serve the way these gifted individuals serve us. Every day, though, they step into their roles and often have to deal with much more negative than positive. For our public servants, please know Valley Point is thankful for you. I hope, I sincerely hope, you feel appreciated today. On behalf of Valley Point Church, I want to thank our public servants that are standing here today. Grateful that you chose to come and take time out of your schedules to be with us. Some of them attend here at Valley Point. Some of you are experiencing Valley Point for the very first time. We're grateful that you are here. And we want these public servants to know that we are grateful for what they do for us. So much of what they do and what they accomplish is behind the scenes, but yet we benefit from their hard work. Many different townships and cities are represented here and many different roles from judges to first responders to police officers to township officials and government leaders. We are so thankful that you are here your work matters. I hope you understand that. And let me draw attention to just a couple of people. How about this guy? <laughs> I knew he was coming and thought I should dress up a little bit, but I can't quite match, but that's fantastic. And it's always good to have Kohlers in the house as well. You can never have enough Kohlers even spelled the same way. So we're thankful for everything that you do, how you lead, how you protect how you govern, we all benefit from that. And I'd like to invite all of us now just to pray and ask God to help these individuals 
as they continue to lead. So will you stand and pray with me? Father, on this stage, our leaders are very gifted women and men who do valuable work in our communities. And they don't often receive a thank you or they don't get much appreciation, but yet they just keep working. And so today, in a special way, in these moments here, we want to honor them and thank them for what they do for all of us. They lead, they protect, they govern, and all of us benefit from that. So God, I pray that you would encourage them today. I pray they would sense there are at least a few individuals who are encouraging them and supporting them and thankful for them. I pray they would walk away from today understanding that there is a faith community that is supporting them and praying for them as well. God, I pray for each and every one of them with their different roles. I pray that you give them clarity as they lead and as they make decisions and as they govern. God, I pray that you bring peace into their lives as well. God, I pray for each family that is represented here. Children, grandchildren, parents, extended family members. God, I pray that you'd give them good time with their family as well, knowing so many of them are very busy. Give them time to be able to rest and be refreshed with the people that they love. And God, again, I just pray that you would sustain them in their work. We've already talked about how scripture tells us to pray for all those in authority over us. And so these are individuals who have authority. And we, again, just want to pray for them, that you'd sustain them and encourage them and bring clarity and peace into their lives. We thank you for them now. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you help me thank our public servants? are in week three of a series called Success. We have been asking the question, what if success, as we attempt to define that word, what if true and lasting success is a little bit different and more about what happens on the inside 
than what we normally think of when we try to define success. What if it's a little bit different and more about what happens on the inside? What if we have been attempting to look at success through a different lens? Okay, it's story time or really more of a confession time for me. When I was 13 years of age, living at home with my family in Illinois, I had some friends in the neighborhood, and we would often get together and just have fun and run around the neighborhood. That's what we did. So on one particular night, I remember three of us got together, and we said, what what if we do this? What if we dress up one of our friends as if he has been hurt and injured, and we place him in his driveway on the ground? as if he's been really hurt and he's just there and his driveway was on a corner and so we knew once it got dark as cars came around the corner, their lights would project onto the driveway and they would notice a body and our hope was they would stop and make sure everything was okay and the other two of us would hide in the landscape and then we would laugh and say, everything is fine, we're just having a good time. It's a really dumb idea, isn't it? But at the time, as 13-year-olds, it kind of made sense. And so one friend said, hey, I'll be the one who gets dressed up like I'm injured. And so we placed his body in the driveway as if he was in serious pain. And then we hid in the landscape to watch what would happen. Sure enough, a car came and it was dark and their lights hit the driveway and they stopped. They rolled down their windows and asked if everything was okay. And we came out from the bushes and said, yeah, everything's okay. We're just having a great time. You can go home. And that's what they did. Next car came, same thing happened. And we are loving this. We're having a great time. The next car came, the same thing. And we believe at this point we are geniuses and having just an excellent evening until the next car came, the lights hit the driveway and we knew what was going to happen. They were going to stop and ask if everything was okay. But this particular car had some additional lights, like blue lights. And so they began to flash and we knew we were in a lot of trouble. So the two of us that were hiding did what any friends who are hiding would do at that point. We ran. We got out of there because there's no way we can stay here. Our friend who's injured, he's on his own. It's his driveway anyway. We've got to get out of here. We have to get back to our homes. And so that's what we began to do. We watched as they took my friend and talked to him a little bit. And then we began to make our way through the yards. Now, our yards had a lot of trees, so it was convenient because we could duck behind the trees. But then all of a sudden, there are searchlights in the yards And no kidding, I had to get down and do a Vietnam crawl to my house. But I made it. I made it. I got to the back of my house and I went in a back door and I sat down knowing that I hadn't been caught. Success. Success. Except my other friend got caught and he said, Eric, he lives right there. Right there right there. So within a few moments, a knock on the door, and there's a couple of officers. My dad answers the door, and they talk to my father 
about me and you've got a child who's causing some problems. Can you please take care of that? My father assured them he would take care of it and the door closed and I really don't remember what happened next. (laughs) It's possible I may have blacked out. I'm not sure. Actually, I remember my dad looking at me and saying, you will never do that again. That will never happen again. And it didn't. It didn't. On that particular night, I did not have true and lasting success. But I learned a couple of valuable lessons. I really did. As we have been talking about true and lasting success here, which is not defined by my activities as a 13-year-old, but as we have been talking about true and lasting success, that question, this theme, this topic, has caused us as a church to dive into Scripture and to look for some obscure individuals and obscure characters who were successful and experienced true and lasting success in their own unique ways. In week one of the series, we talked about a young king named Josiah, and he was amazing. And because of his love for the word of God and his desire to put the nation of Israel on a great path, he was truly successful in that endeavor, and it happened for them. Last week, we talked about two very determined women just doing their job. Their names, Shifra and Puah, And we read about them in the book of Exodus. And a leader came to them and said, we want you to help us wipe out a people group. And they said, no, no. They stood up to the most powerful individual in the known world at that time and said, can't be done. We can't do that. We've got to honor God. And God allowed them to be very successful. Today we're going to talk about another obscure Old Testament character, perhaps you have heard about him, maybe you haven't. His name is Barzillai. And I will be honest with you, when I began to research this, I had no idea who this guy was. Like, who's Barzillai? I was listening to someone a few weeks ago give a leadership talk, and they mentioned Barzillai as a successful person in Scripture, and I was reviewing things in my mind about the Bible. And I'm like, I don't know who Barzillai is and I need to study him. Who's Barzillai? Now I will say that I've read through the Bible and I study it regularly so that I have things to share with you. But I was absolutely amazed that I had never remembered or even really heard of the name Barzillai. And this is what makes scripture so amazing. There is no end to what we can discover here. Even when we've already read it, and even when we think we know a few things, there is no end to what we can find in this ancient text. And that's why I encourage us all the time, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Even if you don't believe it, read it for the great literature that it is, because it has something to say to us. Today, we're gonna allow this very obscure figure named Barzillai to mentor us and to encourage us. So I'm glad that you're here. Let's go on a journey now of being taught by this incredible leader who was very successful, Barzillai. Here are some fun facts about him, some things we need to know before we dive into his story. 
Scripture tells us Barzillai was incredibly wealthy. And the Hebrew word for wealth in the text actually means great or exceeding. And as we'll read about in just a few moments, he had great wealth. He had exceeding wealth. He had some cash and he had some assets and God used all of that. Barzillai, he's a wealthy individual. Here's what else we know about him. Even though he's somewhat obscure, he is mentioned in five different books in the Bible. I'm like, who's Barzillai? I don't think I remember him. And then you begin to read and you're like, it's mentioned more than once. He's talked about in First and Second Samuel, First Kings, Ezra, and Nehemiah, all Old Testament books. And so he is no doubt in scripture. Here's what else we know about him. His name is on the lips of a dying king because of his loyalty and his kindness. That's a snapshot of Barzillai. Wealthy person, he's mentioned in five different books and his name is on the lips of a dying king. Again, we have so much to learn from him. So if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find 2 Samuel chapter 17. I'm gonna begin reading in just a few moments. These words will also appear on the screen so that you can follow along as we walk through the story. While you're finding 2 Samuel chapter 17, let me give you a little bit of context here. 2 Samuel is an Old Testament book that outlines for us the history of the nation of Israel. When we get to chapter 17, we are introduced to a guy named David. And David's kind of an important Old Testament figure. He's King David. He's a big shot. He is successful in many ways. He is king over Israel, the King David. But here's the deal. Even successful people face hardships, right? We know that to be true. Successful people face hardships, and that's what happens to David. One of his sons, by the name of Absalom, betrays David, and he wants to be the king. And the only way for him to be king is if David is killed or removed from the scene in some way. And so Absalom gathers other people around him who feel the same way. They are not loyal or kind to the king. And these individuals make Absalom the king. He rises in power a little bit and David's world begins crashing in on him. And he has to run. He has to flee. And in that moment where David all of a sudden loses his son and so many others and has to flee for his own life. Who meets him? Who encourages him? And who helps? Well, let's find out. Let's read in 2 Samuel chapter 17. Here's verse 27. When David arrived at Mahanaim, and keep in mind, he's fleeing now. He's on the run. He was warmly greeted by... Here's our guy, Barzillai of Gilead from Rogelim. They, there were a few other people involved in this as well besides Barzillai. They brought sleeping mats, cooking pots, serving bowls, wheat and barley, flour and roasted grain, beans, lentils, honey, butter, sheep, goats, and cheese. A lot of stuff, 
Remember Barzillai? Wealthy. He has a few things and he wants to be loyal and kind to the king and so he brings all of these supplies. For they said, you must all be very hungry and tired and thirsty after your long march through the wilderness. So it's a big camp out. David's on the run. He is fleeing for his life. And along comes Barzillai and a few others, and they bring him what he needs in order to survive. Loyalty and kindness. Loyalty and kindness on full display. Well, what we find in the next couple of chapters in 2 Samuel is that there is a tragedy in David's family. His son, Absalom, is killed. He's murdered. And one might think, well, that's great because Absalom was somewhat of an evil character and he wasn't respecting his father and he wanted the throne and it's good that he's out of the way. David can return to business as usual. But what we find in the text is that David is deeply disturbed by the death of his son. He was still hoping for the best, that somehow his relationship with Absalom could be repaired and restored, that they could work things out and be together again. But it's not going to happen because Absalom is killed. David mourns, and then he returns to become king again. And who's there to support and encourage? Who's loyal? And kind. Well, if you go to chapter 19, verse 31, it says, Barzillai of Gilead had come down from Rogelim to escort the king across the Jordan. He, Barzillai, was very old, 80 years of age, and very wealthy. He was the one who had provided food for the king during his stay in Mahanaim. Come across with me and live in Jerusalem. The king said to Barzillai, let's go back to the palace and you can live with me there. I will take care of you. No, Barzillai replied, I am far too old to go with the king to Jerusalem. I am 80 years old today. Happy birthday, Barzillai. It's his birthday day. And and then he goes on to say something unique. I I can't do this. I, I can no longer enjoy anything. Food and wine are no longer tasty. And I I can't hear the singers as they sing. I would only be a burden to my Lord, the king. Let's pause there. That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. And another reason why we need to read the Bible, because there's some funny things tucked into these great stories. Barzillai gets this great offer from King David. Hey, come and live with me. And you're going to eat great. You're going to have the best wine. And we have musicians and entertainment. It'll be great. You've been loyal and kind to me. Come, live with me. And Barzillai just responds like, I'm too old, David. I'm too old. And things don't taste the same way they used to taste. The wine is no longer that good. And I can't hear when people sing. Things no longer work the way they used to work. So why don't you just move on without me? And I don't believe that Barzillai was having a pity party here. I don't think he was feeling sorry for himself based on what he says next in verse 36. Just to go across the Jordan River with the king is all the honor I need. Then let me return again to die in my own town where my father and mother are buried. But here is your 
servant, my son, Kimham. Let him go with my Lord, the king, and receive whatever you want to give him. That's not for me, David. That's not for me. I'm too old, but perhaps my loyalty and kindness can be of a great benefit to my son. So please take my son and honor him in this way. I love this scene in scripture. Perhaps I've seen too many movies, but I can almost imagine a little bit of the Godfather happening here. So go with me a little bit. We have the Jordan River, and you have the Barzillai family and the Corleone family, and I know it doesn't say that in the text, but certainly they were there at some point because there's a deal happening, and somebody's gonna get honored. So you've got the Corleones, and you've got the Barzillais, and you've got King David, this great person of authority, and you've got cellos playing in the background, probably some type of Italian opera music because everything sounds a little bit better with Italian opera music. And so here's the scene, and David's there, and the Corleones, and the Barzillais, and Barzillais says, this is what I picture in my mind, David, let me make you an offer you cannot refuse. I'm too old. My son, honor him. Honor him. Right? You see that, don't you? Can't you hear the music? And everybody's like, looking, what's going to happen here? Well, it probably didn't exactly go down that way. Here's what we find in verse 38. Good. The king agreed. Kimham will go with me, and I will help him in any way you would like. And here's what David says, and I, I think this is so remarkable. And I will do for you anything you want. So all the people crossed the Jordan with the king. After David had blessed Barzillai and kissed him, Barzillai returned to his own home. And that's kind of the story of Barzillai. Now one might look at that and say, that's not that big of a deal. I got two people and one is loyal and kind and that's how we should respond. That's what we should do, especially when somebody is down and having a difficult time when their world is crashing in on them. They need somebody to be loyal and kind. And that's what Barzillai did. That's probably what all of us would do. Am I making a bigger deal out of this than what it should be? And I don't think so. And here's why. This scene and the life of Barzillai and how loyal and kind he was so marked David, so marked him, and changed him that years later when he was on his deathbed. Remember? Barzillai's name on the lips of a dying king. So years later, David is on his deathbed and he's talking to his son Solomon who will become the next king. And David shares many things with him, gives him a lot of advice. And then something fascinating happens. He looks at Solomon and he says, Barzillai, Barzillai, and all that happened a long time ago, but Barzillai and his family, be good to them. He was loyal and kind. Again, this scene so marked and so changed David that for generations, 
Barzillai's choice to be loyal and kind was a great thing for his family. Solomon would later go on to write portions of scripture himself and here's what Solomon wrote in Proverbs chapter three, verse three. He says, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. That's our big idea. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Here's what I want you to do. Tie them around your neck as a reminder and write them deep within your heart. Loyalty and kindness. Don't let them slip away from you. Tie them around your neck and write them deep within your heart. This is probably a bit of speculation on my part, but I wonder if when Solomon wrote that, if he may have been thinking about his father and the loyalty and kindness of Barzillai. And now he's recording for all of us loyalty and kindness, it matters. Loyalty and kindness, don't let them slip away from you. Tie them around your neck and write them deep within your heart. There's a profound outcome from Barzillai's success. And the outcome is that his family was taken care of for generations which is kind of unique and it helps us to understand this. The choices we make today and the actions that we take not only impact our lives, but they impact the lives of generations who will follow. So one of the challenges is watch your actions, Watch your choices, it impacts you, but it impacts a lot more than you. And so as you act, as you make choices, loyalty and kindness, put them around your neck and write them deep within your heart. Okay, that's the story of Barzillai. Happened a long time ago. What does this mean for us today? How do we use a story like this in our lives? I want to share some takeaways with you now. Here's the first one. Loyalty and kindness. Here it comes. <laughs> Write them deep within your heart. Now, how do you do that? You have to practice them. And so one of your assignments walking out of here today is to practice being loyal and being kind. Practice it over and over and over again, in your family, in your school, in your workplace, on that team, in your community, where you live, work, and play, practice loyalty and kindness. They are not small things. Who in your world, think about this, who in your world could benefit from a little bit of loyalty and kindness? Who? That person coming to mind right now, that's how you can practice loyalty and kindness this week. And here's another thought. If there is a relationship in your world that has been damaged, then fight for it. Fight for fixing and repairing that through loyalty and kindness. So write these things deep within your heart. Here's the second takeaway. Be a generational distributor of loyalty and kindness. And how do you do that? Well, we have to start thinking about the choices we make today. It impacts me, but it also impacts 
generations. And so let's just make sure what we're doing today and how we're acting, that it is laced with loyalty and with kindness. And when you see this in your kids, in your grandkids, in your friends, when you see them acting in loyal and kind ways, applaud that, cheer that as it matters. Thirdly, for our public servants, I want to come back to you for just a moment and say thank you for the loyalty and kindness you give to our communities. What you are doing is valuable. And may God provide a barzillai to encourage you. And that's how I'm going to be praying for you after this appreciation day. That God just sends a barzillai your way and encourages you and helps you. Okay, we have a bonus takeaway. I don't normally do this. I don't know if I've ever done it before, but here's our bonus takeaway. For those of you who are 80 plus, and no doubt we've got somebody 80 plus in this room, I want you to know that you are loved. You are loved. Even if things don't work the same way, and even if you can't hear, and things don't taste the same, I want you to know, please, I want you to know, you are loved and you are needed, okay? You are needed to promote loyalty and kindness. I want to go back to the big idea. Never. Never. Let's embrace this, okay? As we step into a new week. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. May God give us the strength to act that way. Father, we step into your presence and we are thankful for the story of Barzillai and that you put it in scripture for us. We've invited him into our lives today to mentor us, to teach us, to encourage us. And God, he did some very simple things. He was loyal and kind to King David when nobody else was acting that way. And you used his resources and all of his skills to help David, to restore him. So much so that David wanted to honor him and his family for a long time. So much so that when David was on his deathbed, He's telling his son, don't forget about Barzillai's family. Help them, give them what they want and what they need because he was loyal and kind. God, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us today, whatever challenges we face as we walk out of here, and no doubt we all have some kind of challenge awaiting us immediately or first thing tomorrow when we step back into work. There's going to be some challenges. God, help us to face all of that with loyalty and kindness, knowing that impacts me today, but it also impacts generations to come. Help us to act this way. We do pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com.
Be blessed.